0: Welcome to Big G in Conversation, the podcast from inside Guelph City Hall. Hi, I'm Wendy King, and today we're talking about all the ways Guelph is connected, by the way we move around, and not just by car, but through active transportation and transit hubs connected by city streets, parks, and trails. Let's get this conversation going. We are talking about Connecting Guelph. Joining me today, Jenny Juist, Manager of Transportation Planning and Project Lead on the Transportation Master Plan. Tiffany Hanna, Park Planner and Project Lead of the Guelph Trail Master Plan. And Jason Simmons, Manager of Transit Operations for Guelph Transit. So welcome, everybody. Hi. Thank you. So when I was thinking about our topic today, um, I must admit it sounded kind of promising that soon we'll all be moving around the city again with fewer restrictions and I know you've all got so many plans, Um, but Jenny just to start us off, uh, in what ways has the pandemic affected your work?
1: Um, well, it's been an interesting time in transportation for sure. I think when we're looking at transportation planning, it's more of the long range um, policies and master plans that my team typically looks at. But we also look at sustainable transportation. So in my group, um, you know, once the weather started warming up after the the beginning of the pandemic there was a demand for people to want to get outside and use the trails and um, biking and walking around to the city more and we wanted to make sure they could do that safely so we were able to mobilize um, our colleagues with uh, public works and our transportation engineering friends uh, to design some uh, closed lanes that would widen sidewalk space and allow for trail users and pedestrians to occupy a bit more space and, and social distance a bit better So um, we decided to continue that this year as well, because it was such a success in certain areas. And, um, you know, for example, the Speedvale Avenue bridge, we have a lane closed in one direction and we're seeing over 600 pedestrians and cyclists a day using that space. So it has been um, helpful, I think to people who are trying to stay active during these challenging times. Um, I think it's, It's been interesting because we're also monitoring traffic uh, patterns during this time. We have a camera system that's set up at Gordon Street and Wellington Street in the city, and it's been taking real-time 24-hour count data. So it doesn't identify anybody or license plates or anything like that. It just counts how many cars and pedestrians and cyclists are at that intersection. And we noticed at the beginning um, of the hard lockdown in this winter, in January, we had about a 30% drop in traffic on a daily basis at that intersection. Um, but it's been interesting that uh, the patterns have pretty much resumed their normal um patterns uh, in terms of when we have rush hour and when we have our lulls in traffic uh, as of about mid May. So even though we're still technically under a lockdown, it sounds like people are still getting out and about and resuming some of their usual traffic pa- travel
0: patterns. It'll be so interesting to see what happens because people have been so out there and maybe doing less driving and more hiking or biking or whatever. It'd be interesting to see if, you know, we go back to what was normal or you're going to probably be monitoring all of that.
1: Mm -hmm. We've definitely seen a spike in cyclists. Um, Hard to say at this point whether they're mostly recreational or if they're using it to get around town. But um, we'll be looking to to follow those trends over time and see how, how traffic patterns are changing.
0: For sure. Uh, when we talk about active transportation, what's the difference between that and say the trail network?
1: Well, we have, so active transportation is a word we use to describe um, human powered modes of transportation. Typically, it talks about cycling and walking. And I'm talking about pedal bikes, not motorcycles. Um, So pedal bikes and walking, rollerblading, skateboarding, that can all fall into that category as well um so we have our trails network which we have tiffany hannah here to talk about trails and that everyone's familiar with what a trail looks like Um, but some of those trails we've identified as being part of what we're calling the active transportation network and that network is a spine sort of a core segment of those trails um, that has um, a higher design standard that's really intended for people who are walking and biking longer distances to cross the city or to get to workplaces or to a school um, without having to use any major roads so there's some um, road connections but those road connections are physically um, separated from traffic uh, wherever possible and the rest of it we try to utilize our existing primary trail network as much as possible Um, so it's been it's a great it's a great network Um, you can really get around the city quite well without having to use any major streets if uh, if you use the active transportation
0: So, um, Tiffany, may be good to bring you in here. Your department just finished, I think, a draft of the Guelph Trail Master Plan. Could you talk about that a little bit and long-term vision? Um, Yeah, I'm
2: I'm super excited to talk about our trails master plan. Um, The master plan sets out a plan to create a better connected, accessible, and easy-to-use trail system. Um, If COVID-19 taught us anything, it's how important our trails are to both our physical and mental health. We've used this to help identify how trails are important and we've integrated it, this into our plan. Uh, trails offer an affordable means of exercise as Jenny related uh, talked about um, and also reasonable, uh, reasonable transportation options as well. Uh, trails are really important to our economy so a robust trail system can help be a key attractor for businesses to choose Guelph as a place to set up shop Um, And they can also invite visitors from out of town to come and see what we have to offer. So our trail master plan really recognizes the trail importance in our city and plans for how to maintain our robust system as we grow. Um, Our vision is about how trails are essential. So we can see that more now than ever. Um, And it also talks about how we develop our trail network. So our vision uses keywords like inclusive, connected, sustainable. Um, And it also talks about the types of experiences we want to offer, um, like different types of trails for maybe transportation or for immersing yourself in nature um, and how we support active living and showcase our assets. So
0: do you do like a short-term vision and a long-term vision? Is that kind of how it goes?
2: Um, Yeah, so our vision, um, we we have 13 kind of overarching goals in our master plan. Um, And they can be achieved through new policies, trail operation, and infrastructure renewal, and new trail construction. Um, The goals relate to our strategic plan um, and the priorities completed in other departments, like Jenny's department, um, even in transit. Um, And so they kind of set out the plan for the next 10 years. Um, Some of the more immediate or shorter term goals that we want to tackle first are developing trails to support active transportation, like Jenny had suggested, um, improving our, the navigation of our trail network so people can make it easier through the city through maybe new signs and wayfinding, you know, better mapping, more technology, um, working together with our community like trail committee and um, maintaining existing infrastructure and operational efficiency. Those are the ones that we wanna tackle maybe first. Um, and they help identify our values, our opportunities and long-term outcomes. For each goal, we've got 25 related actions. So we're going to, you know, tackle them kind of incrementally over the next 10 years. So I wouldn't say that they're, you know, short term and long term. It's just, you know, what's the plan that we're going to tackle over the next 10 years?
0: And as we were talking about active transportation, uh, trails are for all of that? Or do are we talk trails? Is that mostly hiking? Um,
2: So there's a variety of different types of trails in this city, so there are some that are more active transportation focused, but there's also a number that are that are for hiking purposes. So lots of the trails in the Hanlon Creek Conservation Area. Um, Our master plan talks a lot about active transportation and and the things that we can do to improve active transportation. One of the ways is making better connections. So right now there's gaps in our trail network ranging from kind of awkward street crossings, and then there's larger fragments. So closing the gaps will help create a more continuous network between the off-road and the on-road. We're also gonna look to sequence our trail projects so that they can start to build a cohesive network through the city Um, and also work on, you know, regular maintenance, especially in winter. So our GTMP recommends that more trails should be winter maintained, which is, you know, going to be helpful for navigating year round in a more comfortable way. Um, And the other big thing that our trail master plan talks about is is lighting trails, um, which we haven't done in the past, but we need to figure out, you know, what are the factors affecting lighting? And, you know, if we light our trails, how will it improve, you know, usability um, and people's experiences?
0: Wow, there's so much to think about with everything. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, So Jason, um, you're kind of head up Guelph Transit. So um, what would have been your big challenges related to scheduling and on demand and that kind of thing?
3: Um, So some of the challenges that we've been, I guess, facing over the years is like uh, we want to come up with like a. I guess ways that we can reduce some of our costs and kind of increase our customer experience. So I guess back in May, May 2nd, actually, we launched um, a couple of on-demand services that are new in the city. One is the uh, the community bus that used to be two conventional buses that would, would drive circles around the city for about eight hours a day, six days a week. And we replaced that with, with a bus that essentially is um, on demand. So if you have an app or if you have a phone or a computer, you can call and you can book that trip. And so, what we wanted to do initially, our initial thoughts, now that it's about a month into the uh, to the pilot project, is we want wanted to kind of reduce those operational expenses like kilometers and gas and fuel and everything, increase our passengers experience level, you know, decrease the amount of time they're actually on the vehicles and make it more like dynamic for the passengers to be able to, you know, get to where they need to go quickly instead of, you know, looking at a map and saying, I have to get on this bus to connect to this bus to get to where I need to go. So it's been, you know so far the uptake has been amazing we've reduced our kilometers um by about 55 percent over what the community bus uh, was currently doing and we've actually you know maintained our 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 ridership so far which is great
0: i have to tell you i never heard of on demand and then as i was looking at i went well, that seems like something we should have thought about a long, long time ago. Like, as you're discussing, there sure is a lot of wasted time and fuel in the way we used to do it, or still do in most cities, right?
3: Right. It's it's funny because... um little known fact is we've been actually using on demand in our specialized service for about 24 months now but we haven't really been promoting it as far as to the rest of the um the public in guelph and so we decided that we would use some of that technology to be able to service areas that may not be um, have low service as far as transit goes or you know, use it as a tool to decrease some of those operational costs. It also gives us like the ability to like dynamically schedule rides on the fly. So for instance, if we have a vehicle breakdown or somebody calls in sick for service, the program that we're using in the background is automatically, you know, redistributing those trips or those asks for people so that, you know, on their end, they actually won't see any type of delays. Um, which is which is amazing because previous to launching this service, you know, that was all handled like manually. And, you know, we would have to contact customers, let them know that there would be delays. Um, when now they can just look at their app and say, oh, there's my bus. It'll be in front of my door in, in three minutes. So it's it's been an exciting time. And, um, and you know, I'm happy to be part of this, this new implementation.
0: So it's pretty new, as you were mentioning. What are people saying? Do they like it?
3: Yeah, it's, it's, it's been good. It's been really good. In our community bus, we've had a lot of positive comments, about um, um, 80% of the respondents, because when you book through the app um, after your ride's complete, you automatically get a survey to say, you know, give us a rating out of one to five, and you can leave comments. On the community bus, we're, we're running about 80 approval rate which means people are you know liking it and we're getting comments from people saying you know well before it used to take me an hour and 15 minutes in three buses and now i can get to my destination in seven minutes so um it's like it's like the biggest secret in Guelph right now and you know <laughs> you know part of me doesn't want to talk about it too much cuz i feel that you know everybody's <laughs> going to start using it and then when i tell people that you can get somewhere in 7 minutes you know that might go up to 14 but uh, i
0: don't know i think you made the headline today i got to <laughs> tell you
3: but uh, as far as the industrial um service that we that we launched it's about 50, 50, 50. And we kind of knew that going in because what we were doing was we were replacing a conventional service. So a bus that was driving around a specific route every 30 minutes with on demand. But at the same time, we were also offering service to a new area within the city, which was the Hanley Creek Business Park. So like 50% of the, of the, we knew going into it, that about a 50% of the people, you know, might be unhappy that now they have to transfer from a bus. But then the other 50% are, you know, amazed because now they don't have to walk 40 minutes or or an hour to get to work because I don't know if, if you know Wendy, but like a lot of that area doesn't really have, you know user-friendly amenities like sidewalks or streetlights or, or anything like that. So so people were walking in the snow and the slush and the rain, you know, on the other side of the handling, and now we're offering a service. And those people, you know, are happier and beyond belief. And a lot of the businesses are happy that, uh, that we're now servicing that area because now they can, you know, when they put out a posting saying they're looking for people, now they can say, you know, transit is available. So it's been, you know, win-win.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Um, now, this one will be, you know, impossible to answer, but just throw it out there. If you could use your crystal ball, what do you see the future of transit looking like in Guelph?
3: <laughs> well, I don't have a crystal ball, you're right. But but one thing that I, that I hope that we're going to get to in, you know, in a much larger discussion is like, um, you know, Multimodal trips or like integration between some of our networks. Because right now we kind of have like on the transit side, we kind of have a split. We have, you know, a specialized customer and a conventional customer. But in the future, I just want to see a customer because if, if somebody wants a trip or they want to go somewhere and they're waiting at the end of the road or they're waiting on the bus stop, it shouldn't matter what bus or vehicle is driving by. If we have a bus or vehicle that's driving by, they should be able to get it and they should be able to get to their destination in an appropriate amount of time. And then once we start making those small headways and, you know, people can realize that, you know, it's only three more minutes than taking my car or it's only five more minutes than taking my bike, then, you know, maybe I will start using transit to go downtown and, you know, check out the dining district or or wherever it is.
0: For sure. Let's just go around the table a little bit. So Jenny, um, what would you say are your key priorities for your department? Well, I think uh, what, what Jason was just talking
1: about with the vision of the future for transit. Um, one of our big priorities is finalizing the transportation master plan, which has a very innovative and progressive vision for the future that is multimodal and sustainable in nature, and really plans for building more resilience and see and how we get around our community. So that's a big priority for my department. The other one is we've received a number of um, grants and funding sources to provide more protected bike facilities in the city. So we're trying to get cyclists off the roads into places where they feel more comfortable and safer and trying to increase the the mode share, we call it, of how many people move around by sustainable modes. Um, Hopefully, you know, encouraging that shift from having to drive because they feel it's the safest option to maybe I do bike with my kids to school or bike to work once in a while Um, and then lastly you know we just um, are working through a lot of development related work and looking at supporting uh, MetroLink's two-way all-day go service to come to Guelph in the next couple of years so we're doing a number of studies to uh, prepare for that and support uh, making that happen and ensuring that our community needs are met.
0: And Tiffany you'd mentioned that you have just presented I believe your draft report so uh, how do you see that all coming together?
2: Um, well, we're hoping to utilize our uh, current budget cycle to start asking for money so that we can start on a lot of the actions in our plan. Some of the big ones that we want to tackle first are a sign and wayfinding strategy. We heard from our community that this is really important and we're excited to get started on that one. We're also going to continue to put trails in parks that don't have any. That's a big goal of our plan. And we're also going to build new trails and areas of growth or new development like we have been doing for the for the last number of years. Um, yeah, so we're we're just excited to get started on on the actions and, and get lots of money to start doing it.
0: <laughs> yeah, money, right? That's always <laughs> a thing. So we're coming up to our kind of our, I don't know if people love this part or hate this part, but our rapid fire questions. So this is for anybody and everybody. Um, do you expect... Uh, that the way COVID-19 has changed the way people are trying things out, do you expect it will continue or do you think we go back to what was normal transportation-wise? I think it'll be a mix. I think that some people
1: will have um, maybe formed some new patterns and behaviors and might shift some of their trips, Um, but we're creatures of comfort and we like to go back to what is known and most familiar. So I think there's going to be a general um, trend towards going back to what we used to do
2: tiffany we've heard from our trail users that you know bike sales are up 300 so we think that you know people are investing in more bikes and more trail use and so you know we're hoping that it's going to last at least for five years if not more like we're hoping that it's going to be a long-term trend um, and people have really learned that they love trails so and jason
0: you got your whole on demand thing going on
3: (laughs) Well, you know, unfortunately, I think Tiffany and Jenny are stealing half my customers. So, you know, it might be, it might be it might be you know a little a little longer for me to recover from COVID. But uh, you know, we're we're optimistic.
0: Okay. And real quick, what would you each say if you had to describe your community's appetite for new ways to get around? Curious, Tiffany.
2: I think people are just really like embracing some of the new changes and the new ways of moving around the city that they haven't done before. Jason.
3: Yeah. I think the, you know, the future is a blank slate. I think that even as we speak right now in five years from now, we're probably going to be looking at stuff we haven't even been talking about. So um, it'll definitely be interesting.
0: Well, as always, Guelph is so forward-thinking. I say that every time, but it all sounds really exciting. Thanks you so much to Jenny, Tiffany, and Jason for explaining the city's transportation networks and giving us all a glimpse into just what's coming. Thanks a lot for your time. Our pleasure. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. I'm Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care and let's keep the conversation going.